Mansplanation is a show about two men trying to break free from the prison of toxic masculinity. They offer no professional advice or suggestion. They will occasionally use adult language and will often discuss examples of violence and malicious behavior, so parental guidance is recommended. You stepped on it, yeah. and you killed that world. Oh, yeah. That world doesn't exist anymore. Tim, that world can exist if you want it to. Nation, a talk show about two friends, men, white, middle class, trying to, you know, not be dicks, trying to, trying to get through our shit, get through each week, be better people. Trying to own our shit is the way I, I it's, it's a minor difference, but man, that's, that's the way I look at it. Uh, I do a lot of things that aren't right. I uh, rely on my privilege and uh, I want to get better. Like what? Man, like what? No, no, no. Let's let's step back. I think that's what the whole show is about, right? Essentially, us being like, here are the myriad ways in which we get away with the shit. Mm-hmm. But sorry, you look at you want to say something. I know you. No, no. The, the, you asked for an example. Dude. I want to finish the introduction. Hold on. I I I'm your host, Tim. <laughs> this is Tim. I'm Todd. I'm the guy that's going to get stepped on a couple times in this uh, conversation. We all have our role to play, Todd. Um, you were going to give an example. I'm normally, I used to be a very, very, very cautious driver. And then I got a job in law enforcement, which required me to speed around a little bit, not that much. And I got used to driving really fast. When I left that role in law enforcement, I realized that I can pretty much drive, unless I'm being an absolute asshole, I can drive almost as fast as I want in this city. And I'm probably not going to get pulled over. At the same time, I definitely have friends that are black, that are uh, darker skin than I am and so on. And yeah, they, they get pulled over a lot more frequently for a lot less reason than I do. So so that was the example that I was thinking of there. You can, you can speed. I, yeah, I, I can speed. Whereas I, I have a, a black female friend who uh, she's gotten pulled over a couple times for going the speed limit. I want to kind of dig into, right, our show is the opposite of the no bummer. We're all, we're all bummers. We, we're actually trying to work in at the end of each show. Uh, end on a positive note and talk about good things. But ultimately, we're the feel bad po- podcast of the year. Yeah, but I, we're the f- <laughs> yes, that's going up. I'm using that's our t-shirt. I think our first t-shirt. I love it. F- the feel bad po- voted number one by themselves. <laughs> voted number one by people who hate podcasts. But I also want some time to talk about like little bummers or like what kind of stuff is bumming us out this week and not necessarily, it doesn't need to be heavy because I'm, I, I see us, each show is us going to be talking about heavy shit anyway. Mm-hmm. That if there's just something on your mind that, that doesn't really fit into the show, <laughs> like your, your acne, you don't have acne, you have perfect skin. Not anymore. I mean. Like you have bad knees. My knees are actually okay. Okay. 
but you know what I, but you know but do you get what i'm i'm yeah, getting at yeah yeah t- tell me what you think about this because i've been putting some thought into this so something that's been bumming me out went to brunch over a friend's house my wife is friends with uh, a woman and her husband's very conservative and honestly in my opinion when, when you're in a marriage you're kind of forced into some friendships you don't necessarily want you know your wife is friends with somebody so you have to be kind of maintain a friendly thing with their husband yeah, if you're if you're a good person, which you are. Yeah, that's debatable. <laughs> um, so I I try very hard to be nice to this guy, but I mean, this is probably the only person, eh, probably the only person period of my wife's circle of friends that I don't like this husband at all. I, I think he's kind of a jack. So we're at brunch and he's talking about um, Hillary Clinton, Elizabeth Warren, and Nancy Pelosi, and just like how he cannot stand these three politicians. And I, I did some very gentle pressings, like, okay, what what are some things that you don't like? And it was always very big. You can't trust them. They um, they lie. They've cheated. Stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. The bullshit. The bullshit reasons. The the I'm gonna paint over the sexist reasons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that that's all. To, that's it in a nutshell. It was sexist, but you know, I'm just gonna come out and say that I don't like these ones. Well, what female politicians do you like? Um, I'm not sure. I I don't know many beyond these three. Okay. Well, what are some stances that they've taken that you don't like? What are some policies that they've supported? And it gets very kind of mystical and in the weeds. I, I don't like what they did in Libya. I don't like what they did with the banking industry. But uh, ultimately, I th- that was the thing. And you know, when we were driving home, my wife just – we were talking because Kamala Harris Kamala. Uh, announced her presidency. And uh, my wife was just very concerned. She said, I don't think this is the year for a woman to win the presidency. I think we have to nominate Ugh. a man. And, and my Ugh. wife's a very positive person. My wife is a feminist. My wife is – yeah, light you as far as me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Tim can attest to this. Yeah. My wife is the better yes. version of me in any way, shape, or form. But yes. uh, she's yeah, yeah. Come on, <laughs> I'm married up here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, for somebody like my wife to be looking at this and saying, "I don't think a woman can beat Donald Trump," man, that bums me the hell out. What? Yeah, oh. that 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 was the ultimate thing there. That is a bummer. Yeah, that's the bummer that that we still believe Donald Trump can be elected in 2020. And... I think that he can definitely be elected. I mean, I have my own personal reasons as to why he won this one. Sometimes they get in a little bit into conspiracy weed, so I'll spare everyone that. But That's for our other podcast. Yeah, yeah. The Lone Gunman podcast slash fan cast. They deserve more than one season, Tim. <laughs> but yeah, that's the kind of bummer I'm talking about, right? Like... He could in there we live in a reality that elected him once mm-hmm. which means we and we live in a reality where he's still president mm-hmm. which means we live in a reality that in 2020 2022 he can still be president and it's not even like well this might happen this is i, I it feels like to me on a good day there's a 50 50 shot of him maintaining the presidency uh, i was thinking I'm, i've been thinking about this a lot and i don't want to spend you know way too much time on it but it may go into our next you know into our topic but really the why i like the word woke and being woke is because literally it's like it feels like i'm waking up from a dream yeah um you know waking up out of a really cozy dream and into a nightmare i don't really have a lot of fully formed thoughts but it one the one thing i harp on a lot like concrete is that we have to have trump and we have to deal with 
Trump and everything because we have not ha- like we did not do it with Bush after when Obama was elected. Right. And we did not deal with all of the corruption that happened. And we right, we didn't deal it deal with it with Clinton really and all the problems with Clinton's presidencies and all the problems with Reagan. Like, right, we haven't we've kind of just pushed everything off and now Trump is the extension of that. And like I joke that I moved to Japan because of the two thousand two thousand and four election and you know reelecting bush and not wanting to live in the u.s anymore mm-hmm. that i joke about it but it's not really a joke right no this opportunity and the country's at a really shitty place right now i feel real shitty about being an american i i need to feel good about being an american again and it's like literally i had to leave the united states to want to come back to it to like and miss it okay um, uh, let, let, let's get into that for a couple minutes here um, okay. did it make you feel better about being an American? Because I have my own version of this and I have my own yeah, answer. Yes. Okay. Okay. Very interesting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, but it's a different, like it's different from the American, like it's very interesting. It came to me like, oh, people and politics are pretty much the same everywhere. Basically not, not like com- com- the complexity of it and writ large are they the same. And this goes into the topic that I brought for today. Um, for on a hierarchy and to try to claw to be the top one. And that means having to push people to the bottom. Like, oh, sexism is a problem across the world. Um, we just, the U.S. just has its own unique cultural take on our version of sexism. How so? How is it different than, say, Japan's? <sighs> I'm not, I, I didn't study this. I'm not an expert. This is right. completely my feeling and anecdotal. Yeah, I I couldn't I couldn't articulate it. If a woman wanted to become the CEO of a company or a position of power inside of a corporation, mm, could mm, they? Could they easily? No, no. Okay. Business leaders, political leaders, it's a very man male or dominated play. Dom, dominated, dominated. It's demented. Yeah. It's 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 demented domination. Better a new word, not like people. If you were to like, I feel like here, if you were to ask somebody in the U.S., oh name a sexist culture, they'd be able to do it. And if you were to ask them, oh, is the U.S. a sexist culture? They'd say no. And you know, they, they point to the example of, well, Saudi Arabia, that women can't drive, or at least they weren't able to, you know, women being honor killed in, you know. Or the way that even like rape is prosecuted in India or anything right. like that. Yeah, right. I mean, you, you can um, easily point to some pretty severe examples. It, it's a lot like racism, you know, well, I'm yeah. not saying the N-word, so therefore I am not a racist. Well, right. no, you still have some pretty serious things to say. You just haven't done it in the most overt way that we can that we've done this, that we've agreed to. I think, yeah, I, I can't really say that much more about it. Now, you went to a wholly different country. I did. I, I spent a couple years in Russia. I was there from 99 to 2001, and uh, I was surviving day to day. I uh, I wasn't getting into the deep, serious conversations that we're trying to do right now. But I would say I cannot think of a single politician, business leader, or really anyone that was a woman in Russia. It struck me as a woman's role was very much to be beautiful. So did you come back feeling better about being an American? Honestly, yes. Yes. I left there feeling like there's a lot that my country does wrong. And I came back feeling there's a lot of battles that my country has fought and won. There's a lot that my country has done right. There's a lot that we need to do, but we've gotten, we've done, we've made a lot of progress where parts of this world hasn't even considered the issue. 
I am a proud American. Now, what that means when I say it versus say what that means when someone like Donald Trump says it are two complete, like my idea of what America is and who is American is completely different from his idea. And I think that's one of our biggest disconnects and in, in the problem in the US today is that when I say I'm a proud American, I in that include South America and Canada and essentially anybody who wants to live here can be an American. You know, that this was supposed to be the ultimate free egalitarian place. Um and I don't know if that you know. I don't know if that's something that is actually achievable. I have to hope that it is. To be a good American means to now be essentially to pay for the sins that were started with the United States or you know colonization, the destruction of you know Native American and indigenous cultures. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah. Uh, um, me talking to what America what it means to be American, what America means in a positive way, because there's a, yeah, it, it mostly feels negative, right? It does, but I, I, I have to, I, it feels like things are changing. It feels like people, well, I, I feel like a lot of this country, when Obama got elected for the first time, it was like, okay, everybody, we did it. You know, we, we elected a black man. We elected somebody who's going to be progressive and liberal. We, we did it. And we can just kind of relax now. We can we can take 10. Don't worry about it. And, and I think a lot of us ultimately did. And uh, to your earlier statement, I think that people are starting to wake up and saying, we can't quit. If we want this country to be what we want it to be, and not what 40%, 30% want it to be, we got to fight every day. There's somebody on, uh, he's primarily on Instagram, but he's somebody I'm, I'm really interested in. His name is David Goggins. Uh, Mr. Goggins is a uh, he's an ex Navy SEAL. He also has the distinction of being a uh, an ex Army Ranger, which is unheard of to be Special Forces in two branches of the military. In addition to that, he also became a uh, um, I'm gonna fr- I'm gonna screw up the title there. So any Air Force people that would be listening, please forgive me. But he was a um, air traffic controller in the field, so he'd be the ones in the field directing the F-18s on where to drop their bombs. So he was special forces in three parts of the military. By all accounts, the man is a consummate badass. And uh, in one of his uh, Instagram posts recently, somebody asked him, what, what do you think about uh, LGBTQ and should they be serving in the military? And his stance was, I will follow any leader who can teach me something. I don't care if they're gay, straight, transgendered, man or woman. If they can make me a better soldier and allow me to better serve my country, I will follow them through the gates of hell. And I think typically when we think of military, we think of, no, I don't want any things. And he is very much of the practical point of view where if this person loves this country and can make it better, I'm, I'm in line behind them. And I, I like that. I like that that's a voice that is now being heard, a voice that is now kind of coming to the foreground that we are not looking at the military as kind of like, okay, they're Republicans, they're racist, they're homophobic, they're sexist. We're going to discount them. I think there's a lot of voices in there that we need to listen to and welcome into our folds. It was very beautiful. Thank you. Um, and I, I follow him now, so I'll learn more about him. He is wonderful. He's been on a couple podcasts and he's one of those guys where anytime after uh, I listen to him, I kind of feel like I, I don't have the right to have this handful of M&Ms. I got to go do something. I don't have the right to call, say, I'm not going to the gym tonight or I'm not going to – I'm, I'm going to – 
I'm going to spend some time on the phone while my kids are playing. You know, it's no get down there, do the work, you know, go to the gym, play with your kids, eat something right. You get one life, do something with it. Well, see, that's good because the nice that you're the that example for me. Really? Yeah, except that. Oh no, don't worry, Todd's doing it, so <laughs> I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> Todd's being the healthy one. I don't need to be the healthy one. <laughs> He's evening me out. <laughs> that's why I have friends. So yeah, with that, what what have you brought for the to the table? What have you brought to the table this week? Well, um, so David Goggins was kind of my my lead into this. Tim, do you know what is happening right now in California on a beach? Uh, hold on, hold on. It's February. You're not going to be. It's February. Shh, 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 shh. It's in California. It is in California. Uh, it is the, the Oscars aren't happening day. yet. Hold on. It, tomorrow, oh, you're, you're not going to even let uh, me guess. No, no, I'm going to tell you. You uh, asked me. <laughs> well, you you guessed. Come on, you're not going to get it, Tim. Tomorrow is the first day of uh, Seal of Hell Week for seals, and uh, that's kind of. I've been listening to Mr. Goggins for a while, and uh, he posted something about perfect. So I'm going to cut you off right now. <laughs> what, what else is? <laughs> and we can jump in because the way I right. The, so this is the new thing that I want to do. Mm-hmm. The way I want to do this is you tell me what you've brought. You give me one or two sentences, which you just did. Hell Week is starting right now. Which is interesting because the thing that I brought to the table today is competition. Mm, okay. Uh, specifically male competition because this is a show about masculinity and right. men and manliness. This is really kind um, of weirdly lining up, com- Tim. So now tell me about this man. Okay. So when he left the military, uh, Mr. Goggins, as a, as a way to honor a good friend of his that was killed in Afghanistan, decided he was going to do the 10 toughest races in the world. And he did. And these are ultra marathons. These are 100. The one was uh, you had to run 100 miles in order to be able to enter. It wasn't something like you can't just jump in off the street and, and do that. And it really made me think about the things that we do to prove ourselves, either as a man, as a person. And initially, my question was, Tim, what are some of the things that you've done to kind of establish your manhood for yourself? But then I realized that's that's a terrible way of putting that because oh, thank you. And I, I got to check myself a lot. And this is one of the times where I was like, yeah. okay, that's the question. And now that I've said it out loud, how do I make it right? And yeah. so I, I think the better way of putting it is how, how do you prove your adulthood to yourself? Mm. Because mm. any one of us can be an adult. I, I, I know a 14-year-old that is mature beyond my years in many ways. I think this person one day is going to take over the world and affect wonderful change. And I'm not the person at 42. I don't know if I'm where this 14-year-old is at. That question, I will answer it. Um, but the reason I picked competition, mm-hmm. and right, this is dovetailing nicely, is because I've been things I've been watching a lot of like culture, pop culture critique, but all of them pretty much are about male competition. Mm-hmm. The literally the video was an acting video okay. about vocal control, specifically using John Wayne and Daniel Day Lewis as mm-hmm. examples, as two competing examples and and essentially, vocal control as the epitome of a man keeping his cool. Okay. Your voice never changes. You're always slow and steady. And yeah, I, I'm not going to even talk even further about Daniel Plainview because that's three-hour conversation with me about, I mean, that essentially all Paul Thomas, Paul Thomas Anderson movies are about male competition. And uh, the other videos I watched that also ran through this thread of male competition was uh, critiques of the Big Bang Theory, which I watch off fuck ton of uh not the show itself 
critiques of the Big Bang Big Bang Theory. So I feel like I've seen a lot. I mean, yeah. So and essentially about how competition at its heart is toxic. Hmm. Do you believe that? I believe competition and and in biological terms, specifically biological terms, when you know two species or two organisms compete for resources, in in the end they're taking something out of balance. Um, and I can go through the different ways of competition. But to answer your question, what are the th- what are the things that I've done to prove, at least to myself, and that's a whole other form of competition. Um, that's the it's funny when you said, oh, he he wanted you know. Um, when his to honor his friend, he was gonna compete in these marathons. And I'm like, well, yeah, you're going back to running, which is just competition against yourself. Definitely. Um, I just had to listen to us talk about fucking Boz Lerman mm-hmm. for <laughs> 20 times over and over again to edit the last episode about you know cross country and the race being only with yourself. And I think that's interesting that that's the form of competition you really like and you gravitate and and people who are like you and like-minded like you and me gravitate towards that kind of competition where it really is about a community of people gathering to do things about themselves, right? Like, yes, there are, are winners in marathons, mm-hmm. but you don't compare yourself to that person, right? Because that person has done so much more work. I will never in a million years win a marathon. So yeah, that's, and they deserve that. They deserve that win. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which is, I think, why when I say comp- all competition is toxic, it, it, at some point, I don't see that as competition. Okay. Right. And I do. Yeah, I know. And I, I know you do. And um, how do you, yeah. So, so before, let me answer your question. Sure. And then just so you get an answer and you don't feel like this was just a trick way to lecture you, because I do want to hear how you feel about that, my statement that okay. competition is, if not toxic, a destructive event. Okay. For both, for, for all involved, that there is no winner in any competition. Okay. It, it's reward, right? It's a very rewarding to accomplish something and be proud of it and see it and be like, oh, this shows not only to myself, but to the world that I'm a functioning human and I'm better than some other people, right? Ultimately, mm-hmm. and, I, and I've bettered myself. I look good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really weird. It's really the real mundane things like paying my taxes, dealing with a budget, dealing with my finances, um yeah making sure i'm eating not complete garbage taking care of myself um because as i I, we don't we've never really talked about it but i have a you know depressive disorder and those those little things could very much i would never do them if 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 i wasn't you know doing treatment didn't have support and was just really like sick Mm-hmm. and not trying to manage or manage my sickness and my illness. So just just the fact that I can do those things and and I'm not living in destitution or squalor or on the street. Um yeah, that that's something makes me feel good about myself. And I think that being able to do that is what makes you an adult. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um but I think we have a pretty common perspective on that. My personal perspective on it is Adulthood is doing the necessary things even when you don't want to. I don't feel like paying my taxes. I don't feel like making the bed. I don't feel like 
unloading the dishwasher. I'm going to get up and I'm going to do these things anyway because they need to be done. And even though I don't want to, they got to get done. It's a very simple working title. Clarified. I mean, it can definitely be yeah. sharpened up a bit. But. No, no, no. It's it's right. It's do the work, right? Like I know mm-hmm. that's when you were saying why the reasons you like this guy, it's like, right, because that's, that's, what, that's what motivates Mr. Todd is you got to do the work. Yeah. You can have fun, you can have a good time, but at the end of the day, there are things that aren't enjoyable that we all have to do, like brushing. I hate brushing my teeth. Really? If you want to talk about bummers. I, when I remember when I got my first tattoo, my first tattoo, my second tattoo, my third tattoo, at some point somebody asked me, oh, doesn't it hurt? I'm like, no, the dentist is way worse. Okay. I've had great dentists in my life where it wasn't super uncomfortable and painful. So let me let me let me talk a little bit about competition real quick. Okay. So my, my stance on competition is when I'm in group and I'm when I'm leading the group, and if somebody's not doing a doing particularly well, if they're being unhealthy, mm-hmm. I ask them to look around the room. I direct everybody in the group take a, take a minute, look around the room. There are people in this room that w- have things that you want. And there's people in this room that have things that you would like to avoid. Look at them and try to figure out how they got the things that they want. Did they work hard? Did they stay in a committed relationship? Did they did they do the healthy 12-step things that we're asking them to do? Or did they just say, fuck it, I'm going to have a beer. I'm going to look at porn. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And in itself, you know, those things aren't necessarily bad. But these are people that have had typically uh, some uh, some problems with these issues. And for me, ultimately, I think competition can be toxic. I think in a lot of ways, competition can be wonderful. It can be in a situation of steel sharpening steel. Um, in the article, that, or the post rather, that Mr. Goggins had written about uh, Hell Week, he talked about how uh, he talked about the brotherhood, where it wasn't like, I have to beat you. He would look at the person to his right and person to his left and check in on them. And they would check in on him. It's like, we can do this together. Because mm-hmm. they knew that if they were strong for each other, then they could be strong for themselves. And that's mm-hmm. that's the kind of competition that I that I like and that I, I really strive for. I, I frequently w- one of the things I really enjoy doing are obstacle runs. And mm-hmm. I one of my favorite things to do whenever I do it is to bring a group of people like Tough Mudder. Tough Mudders and Spartans and stuff like that. And I like taking a group of people that have never done these things and do them with them. And one of the last ones I did, there was a 60-year-old man in my group. And the whole time he kept saying is like, Todd, if you want to go run, do it, man. You don't have to sit here with me and make sure I, I climb this rope. And and to that, I mean, the, the thing I would say to him, the thing I wholeheartedly believe is, look, man, we go as fast as our slowest man. I am with you here. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that you complete this and you're happy with what you're doing because that's what's going to make me happy. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that you're out here and I love the fact that we're doing with this and you're pushing me in ways that you don't recognize. And what he didn't realize is it's for me to be doing these at age 42 is one thing. For me to do it at 60, I hope I can do it as well as he can. Mm-hmm. So whenever I'm pushing him, I'm really kind of taking notes. Okay, this is how a 60-year-old man does this. If I want to keep doing this in 18 years, these are the things that I need to do for myself to, to stay in this game. Which I just want to, because I love tying up things, mm-hmm. uh, goes back to something you said like, I don't know, 30 minutes ago at this point about David, when you brought up David Goggins or Groggins? Goggins. Goggins. David Goggins. G-O-G-G-I-N-S. You said about you know him being asked about queer and LGBTQ+. plus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah, whatever. Whoever can lead me, I, I can gain something by watching them. And that's what diversity is, right? Like that's why 
what you're describing to me, cooperative competition. Yeah. You know, Japanese society, especially in public school and school, like same thing, the class moves at the pace of the slowest, quicker than they should be helping the slowest, right? Because, you know, we only survive if the group survives kind of thing. Um, that may also be a 12-step and a something about the group being bigger than us, but it not being above us. I don't know. Anyway. While you were talking, it made me kind of think, and I'll apologize, I'll make this very brief. I, I think competition is toxic when it's me trying to outdo you and trying to tear you down to become better than you. I think it becomes beneficial when I look at you and it's like, how do I have what Tim has? What are the manners that I emulate? What are the paths that I take? What are the changes that I make in order to have what Tim has? Not to take from Tim, but to earn what Tim has. We could talk about that forever. forever. Probably forever. And yeah. the last, my last, my last thing before I ask you my next question is conversation from last week is us talking about how much we don't give a shit about sports. I think what the truth and we what we don't give a shit about it is professional sports and right. the Super Bowl and the because I think both of us do really like sports. Mm-hmm. It, the idea of a sport um, and games and playing and that kind of competition. It's something I've like really wrestled with since I'm a kid, the sports get question. So I, I will constantly be going back to that conversation. There's a lot to go back there, a lot to unpack. Yeah. But that being said, what what's getting you through this week? I'm going to go back to somebody I've mentioned like five times now, uh, David Ooh. Goggins. He's been... <laughs> Yeah, honestly, there's there's so much in this guy's life. So he grew up in uh, Indiana. His dad was a background singer for Rick James and emulated all of Rick James's worst tendencies. He used to beat the crap out of his mom. He's a African American guy. Grew up down the street from the Grand Wizard of the Indiana Ku Klux Klan. So he had to deal with that all through elementary school, junior high, and high school. He overcame learning disorders. He came over. He still has pretty significant health issues. Yeah, he he became a man who is at the top of his game and every game that he could possibly play and did it in probably the healthiest possible way. He talks frequently about failure and like Mm. he had to go through um, basic underwater demolition SEALs program, which is like a a year-long program, three times because of injuries. And he would say, I failed twice and I finally got it right once. And that because I failed twice and I took those lessons with me, I was able to ultimately succeed. So just the his ability to overcome things and his ability to learn from his mistakes is something that I that's I've been looking at a lot lately and it's been uh it's been giving me some fuel. I like it. I'm looking through his Instagram feed now. Yeah. And I yeah. <laughs> we could we'll talk about this guy more probably. Cool. But this this is not a paid advertisement. This episode is not paid by David Goggins. I just need to put that out there. Mm-hmm. This True. is honestly, I would probably pay that guy to talk about him. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we can get him on the show. That would be wonderful. I'll send him. I'll send him this episode. And uh, yeah, I'm not even ready for that yet, man. I don't know what's getting me through this week. Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, season one and two, now streaming on Hulu. Uh, I do not have enough time to explain why I love it. I think it's it's very interesting. I might that's might might be what I bring to the table next week because yeah, the the if you just read about the creator Max Landis, uh very familiar. 
So, right. You know, like he's involved in, right. He's been accused of sexual yes, harassment. Has. Yes, he has. And I only learned that because we finished season one yesterday. I'm like, I need to look this guy up. So that's another. He, he's, a, he's a hell of a writer. He's got some wonderful ideas. I used to read his, uh, he used to post screenplays that he had written as exercises on his website. And I was always really impressed by them. And then I heard that. So uh, he could be our next Louis C.K. where we just talk about him for a couple weeks. Well, Todd's giving me the cutoff. Good night, Todd. Good night. I got a two-year-old calling for me right now. So I'll see you yeah, later, Tim. I'll see you next week. Have a good one. Thank you again. I'm going to hang up on you. Well, this is the end of the show. Anyway, thank you to Cola for the use of our theme song, their song, Greed uh, from Greed, off the album Trinity. You can find more of their music at Cola.com. That's C-U-L-L-A-H. And as always, don't keep yourself in a box. If you're talking about a few